Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is October 10th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me blog and we're going to continue in Philippians chapter 2. I know it seems like we're probably spending a disproportionate amount of time in Philippians chapter 2, but it is a phenomenal chapter. So let's continue on. Let's jump over to verse 12. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What I love about this verse, there are a couple things I love, but what I love is he says, you know what, you've always obeyed while I'm around, but it seems that you obey even more when I'm not. That's a fantastic example for us. Do we worry about our righteousness only in ways that other people can see? Do we worry about our obedience when it's on display? Or do we worry about who we are and the things that we're doing all the time because we know that God is aware of all our actions? We know that our actions determine who we're going to become, and that matters more to us than what people see or think. So I love that idea of obeying, yes, but obeying when no one can even see us being even better. And then he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, again, much like a lot of Paul's verses, if we don't understand what he's talking about, they can come off a little bit confusing or even sound a little bit backwards. Here in this scripture, it might say, hey, you need to worry about your own salvation. You need to earn your own salvation. Work it out for yourself. My friends, no amount of obedience no amount of righteousness, no amount of temple work, no amount of serving in every calling that you can serve in in the church is enough to earn our own salvation. Our salvation comes by grace through Jesus Christ and his atonement. However, that doesn't mean that there's nothing that we have to do. It doesn't mean that we just sit back and collect our salvation. We work out our own salvation with fear and trembling as we, as President Nelson has taught us, think celestial. Listen to what he said in his last talk. He says, an understanding of God's fabulous plan takes the mystery out of life and the uncertainty out of our future. It allows us to choose how we will live here on earth and where we will live forever. That is is what Paul is referring to here when he says that we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Not because we're earning our salvation, not because we're working our way into heaven, but because by the things that we do, by the way we act, by the lives that we lead, we are not earning the celestial kingdom, we are learning to be celestial beings. We are learning to be celestial people. That salvation, that resurrection, that living forever comes as a gift to everyone. But what kind of forever are we going to live? Where are we going to be? Who are we going to be with? Those are things that we need to consider. Remember the scripture, it's by grace that we're saved after all we can do. But my friends, all we can do at the very end is our best. And then all we can do in the very end is rely on Christ. All we can do is repent because none of us are capable of doing enough for our own salvation. So trust in Christ, follow Christ, learn to rely on Christ as we repent and believe in him. That is what Paul is reminding us to do here. 
Verse 14 says, Do all things without murmuring and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. Now, let's pause right there really quick. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Here, Paul is inviting them to act upon their faith, to act in their belief, which they've been doing a good job of that. He makes sure to praise them for that. But now he's saying, do all these things, but do them without murmuring and do them without disputing. It's not just about the things that we do. It's also about the attitude with which we do them. It's interesting. We're so quick to praise Nephi, right? And for good reason. Nephi was awesome. When Lehi said, go back to Jerusalem and get those plates, Nephi responded in a beautiful way. I'm going to go and I'm going to do the things that the Lord has commanded. And he does so with this awesome attitude. And we're so quick to praise that because he's great. And then we're so quick to look at Laman and Lemuel and say, boo on you guys. You guys are awful. How could you? How dare you? (laughs) Right? But we forget Laman and Lemuel went back too. They also obeyed their dad. They also did what Lehi the prophet had asked. What's the difference between Nephi and Laman and Lemuel? It was their attitude. It was the murmuring. And I think if we're willing to be honest with ourselves, a lot of times we're more like Laman and Lemuel than we are like Nephi. Because yes, we obey, but do we obey murmuring? Do we obey dragging our feet? Do we obey arguing about it? Or do we obey like Nephi, going and doing willingly and happily? In fact, one of my favorite scriptures in 1 Nephi is in 1 Nephi chapter 2, verse 12, when it explains this attitude of Laman and Lemuel. It says, And they did murmur because they knew not the dealings of that God who had created them. When we find ourselves murmuring, when we find ourselves upset, when we find ourselves questioning everything that God asks us to do, we would do well to take a step back and to really ponder on the dealings of God who created us. In fact, remember, Nephi didn't quite understand at first, but he went and he asked God, and he had a personal revelation to know that what was being asked of him was right and good. So if we have that experience where we're asked to do something and we don't get it, or we're mad about it, or we want to murmur about it, take the opportunity to pray to God to better understand his dealings. Doing that can completely alter our attitudes and give us faith and power to move forward in the things that God has asked of us. Back to Philippians, it says that if we can do these things, if we can do all the things that are asked of us without murmuring and without disputing, that we can be blameless and harmless. I I love that there is a distinction between those two things. Not only are we blameless and guiltless, but we are harmless as well. It reminds me of the Hippocratic Oath that doctors take. First, do no harm. How well would we do as people to make that our motto in life as well? Because I think in a lot of ways, in a lot of things, we stand blameless. We don't mean to hurt people. We don't mean our actions to cause damage. We don't mean our words to injure the soul. But that doesn't make us harmless. We may not mean to do it, We may to some degree be blameless, but are we harmless? Absolutely not. We would do well to examine the things that we think and especially the things that we say and do, and in all things strive to be harmless to those around us. 
And then it says that we can be in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Remember a couple of weeks ago when we talked about diamonds on black velvet, how when jewelers really want to make a diamond pop, they pull out this black velvet and they shine lights on it to really make it stand out and to really make it sparkle. My friends, we are in a crooked and perverse nation, a crooked and perverse world. That means that we have the opportunity to be diamonds in a black velvet world, that we can reflect and shine the light of Christ, which is in each and every one of us, out to the world, out to the nations. We can stand as examples of Jesus Christ. We can shine and reflect his love to all those with whom we come in contact. That is the call that Paul gives to us, to shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. President Monson said, as we follow the example of the Savior, ours will be the opportunity to be a light in the lives of others. As we prove to be examples in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity, we will qualify to be lights to the world. My friends, we live in a black velvet world, no doubt about it. We live in a world where it's trendy to disbelieve. We live in a world where people feel justified if they can tear down the faith of other people. That is the world in which we live. It can be crooked and perverse. It can be black velvet. And as difficult as that is, and as much as sometimes I want to mope in the fact that this is the world that I live in, it gives us the opportunity to shine the light of Jesus Christ out to all men, to stand as an example and to bring people in by the way we act, by the way we talk, by the way we treat people, and by the light that we shine into the lives of others. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.